everybody's got to eat. And nobody likes getting sick. That's why Heroes toil in the shadows, keeping your food safe at all points, from the supply chain to the point of sale. Join industry veterans Francine L. Shaw and Matt Ragusi for a deep dive into food safety. It all boils down to one golden rule. Don't eat poop. Don't eat poop. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, for our third episode of Don't Eat Poop. Um, I'll start today. Francine started last time. My name is Matt Rigushi, and uh, yeah, I currently work with uh, CSQ and with uh, New Era Partners um, and been working in food compliance and the food industry, really, for over 20 years. Uh, how long? 20 25 years, 25 years, 25 years. Yeah, I should really have that number down before I start introducing myself. <laughs> I like doing counting in the beginning of the podcast. Well, way to, way to start a podcast. Fantastic. All right, Francine, now it's your turn. Okay. So my name is Francine. I've worked in the um, food service industry for decades at this point, a few decades. decades. Um, decades. I struggle to say that. Decades. It's so weird how you can <laughs> how you can work in the food industry for decades and you're like 29 years old. I know. I know. I don't know how that's happened. That's what you, that's what you tell your grandkids, right? You're 29. Yeah. My my grandma my grandma was 29 every year until my mom was 28, and then I was like, wait, <laughs> how how is that? Po- that's not possible. <laughs> I think they think I'm 85 or something. <laughs> you know, you know, small children, their perceptions all skewed. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody thinking you're 85. When you're when you're 85, you still will not be an 85 year old. Oh, I hope not. That's my goal, anyway. Um, so, anyway, I am the owner of um, Savvy Food Safety and a partner in both Track Savvy. And my, oh my God, my flank, my food source. My food source. Yeah. Which is interesting because you're, you're creating my food source with my former business partner. So it's the whole MFS thing is all I could see in my head was MFS, <laughs> my food source. <laughs> yes. Too many companies. All right, well, today we have some, some, some really interesting and, and, and fun articles. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to me how huge publications can get things very wrong. And uh, Francine's going to open us up with, with one written by The Atlantic. So this is interesting. Francine, take it away. Yeah. So um, we talked about this just a little bit last week um, with some of the things that were written in this article and how people should be held accountable when they write things and at least at least the publication should do some fact checks um and like matt just said this is um when expiration dates are meaningless and in this article um we're talking about um not only eating expired yogurt but did did you read that it's okay to drink curdled milk yes (laughs) yes Yes. God. Just throw in your pancake batter. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And I mean, if you, okay, okay, everybody, if you guys listened to the last episode, you know that I am not squeamish when it comes to eating certain food, but, but never will I ever 
drink curdled milk. That is that is disgusting. The only way you drink curdled milk is when you specifically have created cheese in the process. <laughs> like that when when you have a scientific process that actually changes it for the good great but if it's just growing stuff in your refrigerator not good yeah i just don't i just again struggle to fathom that you know not only did they publish this but i i I don't know where the accountability is but part of the part of this article says that expiration dates part of the sprawling family of labels that include the easily confused siblings best before sell by best if used by and we can throw expired in there. It, it, I, and I understand it is so confusing. People don't understand what these what these mean, and you know which ones you can should consider to be you know genuine, and what isn't, and which ones do we pay attention to, and which ones we don't. Expired is expired. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we can live by expired is expired. Kind of like if you right. die, you have expired. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. <laughs> if You're this is always the case. You could clinically be dead and not be 100% done. I just heard, so. I just heard something last week about somebody that had come back. Don't eat expired food. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're taking your life in your own hands. Now, the best buy, the use buy, and the sell buy, we can talk about that. But expired <laughs> is expired. And it, is, it is really confusing because people are like, well, if I don't have to, if I can still eat it after the best buy or the sell buy, then maybe I can still eat it or drink it after the expired buy. But no, that is that is that is not. I will 100% agree with you. We do not eat anything on the expiration date. Mainly because my wife. Okay, so so I grew up in like dairy where, you know, the expiration date on milk you could still go a few days after that. I mean, it's pasteurized. Generally, you can, right? It's kind, you kind of can give it the sniff test and be like, nah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, not my wife. My wife says no. So she, she will go in front of me, grab the milk, and dump it down the drain. Nah, not, not good. But there'd be no way curdled or smells bad. No, no, no. That's definitely going down. I, I just don't eat. I just, no. <laughs> No, curdled milk. Who can even get that past their nose? Like, Mm. who could do that? Now, sell by, sell by, you've got seven days past the sell by date. It's still good with your sell by. Um, My husband, however, he's been pretty good lately. We'll throw it away on the sell by date. I'm like, okay, honey, if, if, it wasn't good. You know that I would be throwing that. <laughs> well, I mean, we learned. We learned. Uh, uh, um, uh, I mean, I mean, your daughter was super excited that you talked about her last time. So I want to make sure we get her in. Um, we learned that sometimes there are things in your refrigerator that should have been thrown out way long before. That's my daughter-in-law. <laughs> she cleans out my refrigerator. <laughs> But that's typically, you know, if I'm traveling or I'm busy, things end up. Yeah, there are things. I'm not going to lie. There are things in my house that you will find that are past the expiration date. 
That doesn't mean we're consuming them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, so for me, when a meat is sell by date and it's still in the refrigerator, that's when I start making one of three decisions. Am I cooking it tonight? Am I freezing it tonight? Or am I turning it into jerky <laughs> very soon? Right. Because I will, I will take, you know, a piece of meat and then cut it up, throw it into, uh, you know, throw it into a sauce and then the next day smoke it to death. But yeah, we, we have to make those decisions, but in our house, luckily, because I have so many children and my in-laws live with us and all that stuff. Generally, we don't have a lot of food that expires. We have the flip side of things. Yeah. Yeah. We have like Sam, Sam's club delivered today. This is something that's fantastic. My wife found out that Sam's Club will deliver for $8. $8, Francine. We spend oh, – oh, I, I, I don't even I – can't, I can't even – I don't think I can say this, how much we spend. Let's just say we spend an ungodly amount of money at Sam's Club and Costco. Costco used to be one of my clients. While I was at their office meeting with, with the, their food safety team, I asked them if I could direct deposit one of my checks. Just a Costco. <laughs> Can I just have a credit line there? I mean, we go through that much food. But yeah, Sam's Club delivers now. Eight bucks. Now, Costco delivers too, but like it's a percentage. It's like 15% of the order, which would be huge. It's, that would be so much money. But we couldn't even spend, I mean, eight bucks. Where Sam's Club is, we probably spend more than that in gas back. But yeah, so there you go, everybody. There's the tip of the day. If you buy a lot from Sam's Club, they deliver eight bucks. That's incredible. Now my wife is going to be spending more there. When I was working, Target was one of my clients. I used to say, I don't know what happens, but I get sucked into a vortex when I go into Target. And they have, it's called basket size. I'm like, I may as well just leave my check here because my write a check and leave what I'm going to make today here because I'm going to spend it on the way out the door. <laughs> So I got it. You, I don't know. I, you, maybe you can explain this to me. This this phenomenon of um, certain women and Target, because my wife is the same way. Like my wife is like, oh my gosh, oh I'm so stressed out at the house. I need to get away. I'm going to go to Target. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And she'll do that like a, like like four or five times a month. And I'm like. I never, ever have I ever said, oh my, oh, no, I say this frequently, I'm stressed, I need to leave. But it never follows with, oh, I'm going to Target. <laughs> All I can tell you is they are the masters of merchandising and the way they lay out their stores and that the effect they have on women when they go in there. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. I love Target. Now here we are marketing for Target. <laughs> Are they going to be a sponsor? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, that'd be great. We, get we need sponsors. <laughs> Second, third podcast. <laughs> anyway, here's our ADHD kicking in. <laughs> Back to Best Buy, Use Buy, Sell Buy, and Expired. So Best Buy and Use Buy. Yes, you can you can consume those products past those dates 
And they're more than likely not going to make you sick. They're not going to kill you. They're losing freshness. They're losing nutritional value. And they, you know, they're probably not going to taste as good. But you're not going to get sick. Right. And a lot of those, I mean, other than the meat, which you'll see like sell-by dates on the meat. Other than that, a lot of the times the sell-by or best-used date is with products with very low water content. Well, I guess with used by too, we have to clarify, you know, I guess maybe what what type of product it is because sometimes dry goods will have used by dates on them. That's what I'm saying. And so so that's more what you're talking about, quality, nutritional value, et cetera, but not really a food safety issue most of the time because really the, the water content is so low in those that – uh, the, the the chances of that having a bacteria are very low. Now that's I say that, but remember when pirate booty had a, an issue with like, I think it was salmonella 10, 12, 15 years ago. Oh my gosh. I, I feel old every time I say something like that. And that was a weird one because I'm like, how, how did, how did that get on there? And it must've just been some crazy systemic thing, but yeah, it can happen, but it's, it's the, the chances are very minute. So, my daughter called me last night. She had a question about some, I guess it was ground beef that had a use-by date on it. And I said, are you sure it's use-by? Or maybe it was sell-by. It was a sell-by date. I have never seen, keep in mind, I don't buy meat at the grocery store. Oh. So when I was buying meat at the grocery store, they were expiration dates. I don't buy meat. And I'm like, are you sure it's- No, you don't say sell-by. Yeah. Because I was like- I was shocked that it had a sell-by date. I mean, milk, yes, milk has a sell-by date, but I I had never, I was just shocked that meat, we were going with a sell-by date. Because again, I don't, I have not bought meat at the grocery store in years. Really? Where do you get your meat? Oh yeah, that's right. Your husband hunts, huh? Well, no, I mean, that, yeah. Okay. So we eat, do eat venison, but we know we butcher. Oh, so you, are you raising your own beef? That you butcher? His mother raises beef. Nice. So the only thing that I occasionally I'll buy chicken. And my son usually, every now and then, my son will have um, hogs. So we'll, you know, get pork like that. But yeah, we eggs we get <laughs> from his mom or, you know, my son. So yeah, I don't buy any of that type of stuff at the grocery store. I grew up on a ranch as well. And we had that... Um, I, and I mean, I was like, yeah, we'll talk occasionally about Francine and I's childhood, which was very interesting and very poor. So a lot of times we would eat meat that we hunted. So I actually crave that gamey taste. I like that because I grew up on that so much. But yeah, my, my wife likes to do like the butcher box things, you know, the grass fed where we oh. get it frozen you know, from the market. But a lot of times we'll, we'll also substitute that with, with meat from Costco, buy it a lot from Costco. And then that's where I see the sell-by dates on is that type of stuff. Yeah. Right. So we have, we, we live on a farm, but we don't have any fence yet. So hopefully we'll get to the point where we do raise our own. You need walls in your house first. <laughs> oh my God, don't. <laughs> I do. And she's been spending an extra amount of time in her office right now because her house is uh, being completely gutted and remodeled, right? Renovated, totally renovated. <laughs> and I, in my infinite wisdom, decided, my husband said, are you sure that you don't want to get a, a camper 
or something because we live in a very, very rural area, very rural area. So there's not like a hotel or even like, you know, really an apartment that we could rent or something to live in while this is being done. And he's like, so are you sure you don't want to get a camper or something to live in while we do this? And I'm like, no, I'll be fine. It'll be good. <laughs> You're like, now I wish I had that camper. <laughs> so anyway, that's what's happening in my life right now and will be for the next few months. Yeah, so it's really interesting with the best buy, sell by date on your, when you don't have a refrigerator. I do have a refrigerator. Thank you. My kitchen, my kitchen is still intact. And I started to tell you earlier, I almost called you last week because, you know, to maintain my sanity, I have to do something. So I decided I was going to clean my kitchen. So I had a bottle of bleach out. <laughs> I was bleaching my kitchen because I had to do something to feel like I have some kind of control with everything that's happening in my house. So you said you were going to call me before or after the bleach. I just want to know how high you were. <laughs> while I was bleaching. <laughs> you're just sniffing the fumes. You're like, I'm oh like, my gosh. Matt needs to know that this is real. <laughs> you know, my wife used to ask who I was talking to when you would call. And now just by how I respond to the phone, she's like, ah, Francie's on the line. <laughs> yeah. The next thing, I, oh man, I found this fascinating, and this this is for anybody. This is not even food; it's also for medical too. My wife says that they um, that they have to do this. They had to create a new process. There was a study that found that fifty percent of of plastic gloves have the article literally says poop on it. So that's that's fascinating. Fecal coliform. So there's fecal coliform on fifty percent of the gloves that are being used in the industry. It's crazy. So uh, it, this may change standards, um, like food safety standards, because now if you're using gloves, you're, you're probably going to need to sanitize the gloves. So you get to wash your hands, put gloves on, and then go use hand sanitizer on the gloves. See, I don't know how I feel about that. How you feel about what? The the actual study existing or... or, or well, the- okay. First of all, was there only one study... Uh, this article talks about one study. Yes. And by the way, we'll post this article up too. Okay. So that's my first, my first question is, was there only one study? The second thing is when we start talking about people sanitizing the gloves before they're working with food, you know, yeah. Purell is like changing. Well, no, (laughs) well, there's that, (laughs) but I can just see people like, Dumping, your your hand absorbs some of that. You know what I mean? When you put that on your hands, it absorbs that. When you're dumping this, putting this stuff on a latex glove, where's it going to go? That is a really, you know what? Maybe it'd have to be like just an alcohol spray. Alcohol? Or something. Well, I mean, that's what Purell is. A spray, well, right. That may evaporate after it. I just, I don't know. They need, I think more studies need to be done. More studies need to be done. Do we have any gloves in this country that aren't imported? I know of a company that sells them, but I'm not 100% sure. I I want to think that they make them, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, maybe we stop importing 
that <laughs> the crap. Right. Right. <laughs> Maybe we stop importing them and start making them domestically. Well, I mean, COVID showed that we need to do that for a lot of things, actually. Yeah, well. Yeah, but okay, so j- just for context, this study was a New Zealand study. It was done by some industry people too. So Eagle, Protect. It was an independent testing, was a four-year study. So it was a long-year study. And they tested 2,800 unused gloves from 26 brands. And they found human fecal indicators, and they say like E. coli, on 50% of them. So E. coli, anthrax, listeria, pneumonia, meningitis. But it was also kind of an industry study. So I don't know. It also says that 70% of the world's Gulf supply comes from China, Malaysia, and other Southeast Asian countries. Yep. And that we import most of our gloves from those countries, and so does New Zealand. Yes. But, okay, so, so okay, let's assume that this study is correct, okay? Let's, let's just make that assumption for just, just, just for argument's sake and for uh, being able to lead this conversation a certain way. If this study is correct, that is going to change practices within the industry. It would have to. It would have to. I mean, let's forget about food for a second. Do you want anybody to operate on you to make an incision <laughs> in your body? <laughs> I mean, the food thought is bad enough, but, you know – like you said earlier in another podcast, you know, we have the ability to, f- a healthy individual has the ability to fight off a certain amount of bacteria. Yes, but not if you're cut open. No, we're talking about food. A healthy individual has the ability to fight off a certain amount of bacteria. But when you're talking about open incisions and, the, and that being, that's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different ball game. I mean, we're going into a, a, a sterile, air quotes, operating room and the gloves have, I mean, that's just a whole different scenario. Right. And even in, even in, uh, uh, I mean, a previous podcast, I, I talked about how, you know, some of these lettuce operations are cleaner than my kitchen, 100%. And you know, they're all using these gloves. They're, it's almost like a clean room in some of these processing plants. A lot of these processing plants are basically clean rooms. And they're walking, I mean, they could be walking in with this. If it's, if we make the assumption that this study is correct, which I agree with you, it, there needs to be more on this. But I, that wouldn't be too hard to do. I mean, I, I've worked in. Uh, microbiological labs using a PCR, you should be able to find out if there's any of those proteins on there, fecal coliform form proteins on there. Uh, this is fascinating. Okay, if anybody's listening to this and you own a lab and you just want to have fun and test this theory out, that would be fascinating. I would like to know. Like pull you, you like pull out a, uh, a thing of gloves because you have gloves there in the lab and just start testing it. See what you find. And then reach out to us to be a guest on the podcast. We'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. Or if you're an introvert and this that scares the hell out of you, you don't have to. Just tell us and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, that too. Not everybody is willing to throw their, <laughs> throw their stuff out there like we are. <laughs> Apparently, I'll talk about anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I had a company where I was like one of five people that were extroverted in like hundreds because <laughs> they're, they're all scientists. They're all scientists. 
not very many of them were wanted to talk. So. Like IT people. Well, right, like computer programmers or whatever. Yeah. Oftentimes. Were, I could never do programming. I guess I guess if it was like the only thing I could do or my family would starve, I would figure out how to be a programmer, but I would hate every day. I, dude, those people who can do that, I am just fascinated with. It's like writing in a completely different language. I, fascinating to be. Yeah, I can't. I remember telling you one time that I was a bit of an introvert and you looked at, don't spit out your drink. <laughs> you looked at me like I had three heads. I truly am just a, li- <laughs> a little bit of just a, there's a, it's an extrovert introvert personality. And I fall into that category. There are times I just want to go home, shut the door and everybody just when I'm done, I'm done. The reason why I look at you like you have three heads is because I connected with you on LinkedIn one day, like a decade ago. And then you and I ended up in a two hour conversation 10 minutes after that. And, and so like, I, I'm like, how is it that you're an, an introvert? I'm telling you, there are situations where I definitely fall into that, into that group. Yeah. I, okay, I've seen I, I've seen that at conferences when you follow me around to introduce you to people. <laughs> it's like I don't know that person. Would you introduce me to them cuz for me to walk up and introduce myself is very awkward for me. Anybody who knows me knows that that is not the case for me. Yeah, it's very awkward for me. I took the Myers-Briggs um, personality test multiple times and I score 100% on the extrovert scale. But see what's really weird is I always score like with a very strong personality on those. And I'm not going to deny that. I've got a very strong, I'm definitely have a dominant personality. But for me to, in those situations, to walk up and introduce myself to people, unless it's somebody that I really, really want to meet now, it, it's very difficult for me to do that. So that's where the introvert part comes in. Yeah. Now to get up and speak in front of these people. No problem. Yeah, right? Because you did trainings for years. Yeah, I can get up and speak in front of them. That's that's not a problem. <laughs> so weird. Because public speaking, most people fear public, public speaking more than they do death. Right. <laughs> I, so I learned that in high school. Okay, in high school, I, I was on the speech and debate team and killed it. And um, was was like the uh, the president of our thespian club in drama. Choir. I met my wife in acapella choir, and I found out in high school that uh, more people were afraid of public speaking than dying. And I was like, "Oh, there has to be money in that. <laughs> <laughs> there, has to be, there has to be money in that. I got this. I, I okay. I figured out what I got to do. Whatever I do, I'm going to be able to do public speaking. All I got to do is stand in front of those people and talk. I got this. <laughs> yeah." I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of high school. Actually, I didn't even know what I wanted to do until I got out of college. I was going to be a pastor. I was like, okay, public speaking. So, okay, so I was like, I got this. I, there's money in this. Maybe I should be a pastor. Wasn't the brightest person in high school and college. <laughs> I was religious, but not the brightest. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so back to the, the, the glove thing, though. I really want to see more studies, but also it's so, so much faith has been put into gloves that to have that just no longer exist is, is that's going to be a huge change. And you know, what would be interesting too, is how many outbreaks have happened because of gloves? If that's accurate, if this is accurate, how many outbreaks happen because of gloves? That would be fascinating too. So if we cut the gloves 
out or we figure out a way of sanitizing the gloves appropriately, then does that make a significant impact for food safety moving forward? That would be another fascinating thing. Wash your hands. Just wash your hands. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So you always say wash your freaking hands. And I, um, so she, she's said this for years, wash your freaking hands. She had an office that she redid and painted everything, Francine, over the sink. Do you still have a picture of that? Uh, there's a picture of it with me standing in front of it. You can see part. I don't know if you can see the whole thing, but you can see part of it. Somewhere I probably have a picture of the whole thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. She had wash your freaking hands over the sink. With all of the, like the big five at the time it was five. Now there's six bacteria. Like there were the five reportable illnesses, hepatitis A, E. coli, salmonella, shigella. Um, they were all of the bacteria symbols that were on the wall, pictures of the bacteria that were floating around the washer freaking hands. You know what? I bet, I bet more people would wash their hands if, if that was the sign, you know, those, you have to show like how to wash your hands, you know, cause I don't know, people still don't know how to do it. But, um, and, but instead of it being like, wash your hands before showing up to work, if it just said, wash your freaking hands, I bet people would do more. Okay, so let's the last thing we're going to talk about here is another another myth. Cross contamination doesn't happen in refrigerators. This is right up there with you can't get food poisoning at home. No, wait, that's, is that another myth? People believe they can't get food poisoning. Can't at home? get food poisoning at home. That's like saying you can't get food poisoning at a church event. Oh dear, I go to potluck sometimes, and I'm like, okay, mm, kids, don't eat that. Don't don't eat that. And you've got to say that like 24 times. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so it's true. Really you know how frustrated my wife and I get at like the 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 sixth child to ask us the same question. And then we have to like check ourselves. Okay, we did not answer the question six times to the same child. We're frustrated because we asked we answered the one question from one child six times. So we can't get frustrated with that one. No, that is absolutely true. So I had to go down the line of the potluck. Don't eat the potato salad. Don't eat the potato salad. Don't eat the potato salad. <laughs> so um cross-contamination doesn't happen in refrigerators. Yeah, that's because if you put it in um if you put it in, you know, a foil or put cellophane on it, or you put it in a Rubbermaid. Rubbermaid is great. Rubbermaid, all of those are an instant space-grade force field. Nothing can possibly penetrate it. No, of course it could. <laughs> no, and, and that's why you're not supposed to put like meat on the top shelf and then lettuce on the bottom or whatever. That's uh, exactly what that means. So explain <laughs> to me, so explain to me, why is the produce drawer on the bottom of the refrigerator? Oh, that is a very good question. Because people who are engineers of refrigerators aren't food scientists. I really would love to speak to it, 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 somebody that designs refrigerators. Why did they put the milk in the door? Who who was that engineer? The milk <laughs> and the eggs in the door. <laughs> I'm about to go on another tangent here. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is a good one. That's a very good question, like, actually. Who who put who and they continue to do it. They put the produce on the bottom. Now, when you thaw your meat, it shouldn't be above the produce. But we're gonna yeah. thaw the meat 
out and the blood is going to, because not everybody puts it in a pan that isn't going to leak. So it's, the blood's going to run, or the juice, I'm sorry, the juice is going to run off the edge of the plate and run down in the produce drawer. Are people going to rinse that produce off or throw it away? No, they're not. Yeah, don't rinse it off. You can't, you can't rinse it off. There's no. That's what I mean, I'm saying. That's what I mean. They're, they're not going to, you, you can't rinse, you can't rinse that off. They're not cooking all of it. So, no, they're not. and they're not. So there we are. The produce is in the drawer in the bottom of the refrigerator and we've got the milk and the eggs in the door. So I actually had that happen to me one time. Um, <clears throat> okay. So because I have so many people at my house, I have three different refrigerators. Um, and I have a refrigerator that I use for, for meat thawing. It's like a meat thawing refrigerator. But there was a, like sodas, okay, on the bottom drawer. So where you would put like the crisper or whatever, we would put we put a bunch of sodas in, in beer and stuff. And um, the the package, the meat that was in the package, I thought it was was completely sealed, and it was not. And it leaked into all of the 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 beer and sodas on in the drawer below, and I chucked it all because there was no. <clears throat> Like what? What am I gonna do? I don't have an irradiation gun in my house to get rid of the the bacteria that is on those cans, and um, I knew that there was no way. I can't freeze it. I can't cook it. So I just dumped it. But that sucked. That was like forty dollars worth of beer and and uh, sodas that I had to chuck. But there was no way I was gonna. Yeah. Risk. You know, like I'm handing my. As a food safety guy, I'm like, hey, you know, my friends were having a party and I hand them a beer and then they go home and like three of them get foodborne illness at my house. That would not be good. <laughs> I mean, that's not good in general, but when you're a food safety expert, it's really not good. <laughs> I say to people all the time, I'm like, dear God, you can't get sick here because if this happens, it's going to make front page news. <laughs> You can't, get sick. you can't get sick at my house. <laughs> yeah, so we, 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 we should make a pact right now, Francine. If, if one of us has an outbreak at our house for a party, then we get to razz the other one. <laughs> yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. No. So now, you know, I learned my lesson. So now whenever I defrost any meat, we buy like these foil pans in bulk, right? The really big ones and the and the smaller ones. And I just chuck it in a foil pan. And then I use that for like seasoning or whatever as well when, when it's defrosted. And then I chuck it instead of washing it. And then I use a different foil pan for pulling it off the grill or whatever. So when I'm defrosting it, it's in that foil wait pan. Minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't put the cooked meat back in the meat that you carried it out in, the raw meat in? No. Good for you. I know, right? Given... What we have unraveled in previous episodes about how I am, I, I might not do all the best things. No, no, that one. When it comes to that stuff, no meat, no. So, people, if 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 you guys that are listening, the ones that have just maybe listened to this podcast for um, the first time, we have an extreme level of sarcasm between us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, that might be our first language. English is our second. Yeah. Yeah. Extreme <laughs> level of sarcasm. Yes. No, but but meat, oh, nah. That like the meat juice, that, gosh knows. I mean, that is that is like a a perfect breeding ground for 
for nastiness. Right. And so many people do that. Like they'll take the raw meat out and they'll put their cooked meat on it or they'll use the same tongs and they don't realize they're doing anything wrong. Okay. So I will use the same tongs. I do use the same tongs, but not the, not putting it back in the same pan. But I use metal tongs, so I do put the metal tongs on the grill and let it cook. If you're, I mean, if you're putting them on there and they're getting hot and you're letting them cook. Yeah. But if you're just leaving them lay on the plate and you're not cooking them or they're not getting, you know, up to a temperature that's hot enough to kill the, you say pathogens, I say bacteria. If you Google it, they come up one and the same for some of this stuff. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I say pathogens only because uh, there are viruses that are also pathogens. Well, now that viruses are, I'm good. Viruses are a whole different ball game. Viruses are totally different. I, I, I agree. They require different things to live and survive. and Yes. And so when I say pathogens also, it's because of all the years working in a lab where there was a big difference between ATP testing, testing for overall bacteria count after sanitizing something or like, um, you know, just seeing, okay, after I sanitize zone one, is there bacteria still on there? It, yes or no. And you should, you, it, there shouldn't be if you sanitize it, right? It should be completely clean. And then after that, looking at different zones for pathogens, not bacteria, because there's going to be bacteria there. Bacteria is everywhere. So I, I don't use those words interchangeably because some bacteria, most bacteria aren't bad. Right. Just pathogens. Got it. And you know, it's interesting too. I try to expose my kids to as much bacteria as that are pathogens just for, because it's, it's healthy, you know? So that's why we do have animals in the house. That's why we, you know, um, because- being exposed to a lot of that as, as it helps with your immune system and allergies and all that stuff. So, oh, and there's the soccer moms that are dousing their kids in that hand sanitizer and that it's like, right. they, they need some of that, you know, let them get a little dirty. It'll be good. Like if moms, some of these moms, if some of these moms that I've, that I've talked to could buy economically one of those little machines that you have to walk through and sanitize yourself like before you go do surgery or whatever. I, I think someone buy them like right from the door, you know, you have to like scrub up, spin around. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it is. That is not good. No, I'm, I'm positive. They would, if they would see <laughs> my kids, will go, grandkids <laughs> will go out and play at the dirt by our house, like where there's, yeah. I mean, it, mud, they'll come in head to toe covered in mud. And I'm thinking, oh my God, if some parents could see you right now, they would just be having a heart attack, but they're having the time of their lives. And they should, they should go out and do it. There's not enough of that actually. Um, yeah, I try to have my kids go outside all the time. It's hard living in That's Colorado. There's so many and you don't <laughs> want to hear them. <laughs> Uh, that, there's a little bit of truth to that. There's definitely a little bit of truth to that. I'm like, no, go do a sport, please. please. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. Okay. So there you go. You can get cross-contamination in your refrigerator. Absolutely. Be aware. And that is really true. That is an engineering flaw in every single refrigerator that I'd never really thought of before. Uh, even cleaning meat out of a crisper, meat juice out of a crisper. That'll be interesting if that ever changes. I doubt it will. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why they do it, but every refrigerator I've ever seen. On that note, guys, thank you for joining us. I'm Matt. And I'm Francine. And uh, you just finished an episode of what? Don't eat poop? That's good. That's a good thing to live by, by the way. That's a good rule. Just don't eat poop. Never eat poop. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Bye.